Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where I'm joined as ever by Betfair's Mark Horosky. How's it going Mark? Haven't made one of these for the last couple of weeks. Are you keeping busy? Yeah, very, very busy on the work front. Um, got some top races to look forward to. We actually sponsored the meeting at Haydock as well, uh, some cracking racing there. So we'll go through a, a couple of those races and hopefully get a couple of winners. Yeah, and you're going to be on the Racing Post Live, you were telling me as well, off uh, on uh, Saturday. Um, looking forward to that as well. Yeah, um, I think it's myself, Dave Orton, Natalie Green and Andrew Mount. So um, top panel. Hopefully get get a couple of winners. Um, I'll be surprised if I uh, change any of my selections for the weekend. So if anybody wants their card marked early for what I'm putting up on RPL, um, just please don't do anything silly on the exchange and collapse any of my, my ones at prices because I, I need those prices. And it's, it's for charity as well. It's not just for my pocket. But yeah, looking forward to that as well. Um, get a couple of winners. Confident. Yeah, this is uh, where Mark's original selections are going to be. So hopefully uh, we can get some winners early for you so let's get into it then we're going to be uh, looking at Haydock, Campton and also as well the feature race at Ascot but it's going to be the 145 where we're going to first at Haydock it's going to be uh, the first race we are previewing it's the Betfair double daily reward superior mile stakes it's a group three over a mile Mark you can have this one first uh, who did you like in this one? Yeah, I'm quite keen on um, the top one, uh, William Haggis's my Auburn. Um, I think Lord Glitter is, is quite quite short at the moment. It's currently around eleven to eight, um, around the top of the market, and there's a little bit of six to four. Had a lot of racing Lord Glitter's. Lord Glitter's getting three pound off the top one as well. But I just think uh, that uh, that form at Ascot and the Prince of Wales stakes behind uh, your favourite horse, Lucky Loader's Love. I just think that's the best recent form on offer here. Um, I'm looking at Chris Loader <laughs> raising his eyebrows there. Um, again, has to give away three pounds, but as a classy sort, only a three, a three year, a four year old. Um, William Haggis yard, um, in great form. Um, in the previous run at Haydock as a three year old was encouraging. Um, had the likes of Ken Ross and Calusian behind that day, who in their their group performers. I just think at the prices around eleven at four, I think my Oberon is probably the value here to take on Lord Glitters. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree. Um, actually. I was wondering where the, where the pace is going to be coming from, and uh, I thought May Danny was interesting here. Does obviously have to find it on the ratings, but uh, you have to say been quite impressive in handicap company this year, and I think he actually ran quite well under a big weight at York last time out. Just faded in the closing stages, but he's um, comes from a lovely uh, pair. He's got come from a lovely family. He's by uh, Frankel out of attraction. He's uh, related to to Elikam, Um He's actually by Dubai out of attraction, I should say. Um, but yeah, he's a half brother to Alakam. You know, he got slightly further. I just think on uh, quick ground, he might be able to bully them from the front here. Artistic rivals might be able to pester him up front, and uh, does uh, does have a a claim if he. Uh... I could get a freebie here, the bottom one, the Johnson horse, because it's versatile. It's one over further. I think you'll slow it down and just kick. Because when, when they go to Haydock, sometimes they don't come back front of Furlong. Yeah, Haydock can be one of those weird tracks, can't it? Where sometimes you get those late closes. Sometimes you can get one, like you say, that gets loose on the front end and they just don't come back. It, it's a bit of a trappy race. And What was that horse that, that, that we were when we were at uh, Ascot? Remember that horse we backed? Um, we are watching a Haydock. Were you not waiting in it for, for a fourfold? And it was about three or four lengths down and you were still confident. I think it got up. Was it Aidan Coleman was on it? 
Oh yeah, that was um wasn't that the race of Edward Stone and um oh Nigel Tristan Davis's horse that was always uh, running really well. I can't remember the name of the horse now, but yeah, I know I know. That's a mean. good example of, of what you're trying to say with, with the race complexion changing. Um absolute madness in running on the bit for exchange as well, final four on the Yeah, I, ju- I just think this is could be a really tactical and messy race. My Oberon Lord Glitter's normally like a bit of a pace to be to be aimed at. Um, I just think, yeah, there, there could be an upset on the cards here. And uh, I would like to probably just give slight preference and May Danny, but it's not particularly a race that I would want to bet in. Yeah, I thought, I thought Lord Glitters, the price 11 I think that was short enough, um, has had a lot of racing. Um, again, could this be, like, David Amaro, has been 7%, four from 60 at the moment. Um, has been running in good races, but again, has had a lot of racing. Um, certainly not not the, the force of old in my opinion as an eight year old just sort of the, the new kid on the block has to give away three pounds I just thought at the prices I, th- I thought that was value I think they should probably be around maybe maybe nine to four seven to four at the top of the market Lord Glitter's my own I, I think there's too much of a discrepancy there 11 to 8 11 to 4 yeah, Lord, so that was my angle Lord Glitter's is the class horse in the race yeah. there's no doubt there and actually, he, he he has had a couple of... He, he hasn't been to the Wales too many times, I'd say, this season. He uh, did run there at York after a little break. So maybe that might put him spot on. He, he's normally a bit of a quirky horse. He he normally wants quick ground, but he has shown it on the past that he's capable of hand, handling uh, a bit of ease in the ground. Do you not think he's run better in bigger fields as well? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm on about with the strong pace. Um, and that's why it could be could be messy like i don't mm-hmm. i think maydani here might be able to control things up on the front end we saw his impressive performance at uh at goodwood and yeah like i say i i think there could be an upset and it could be a bit of a tactical messy affair so it could be a nice trade in running as well loader um because if this thing goes clear it might get picked up by my my Brown or lord Glitters, but it's probably going to trade short and running so it could be the perfect back to lay if anybody's using the exchange saturday yeah, my Oberon actually. If I had to 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 lay one, maybe for the place places out of the two, out of Lord Glitters and my Oberon, it probably would be my Oberon. I could see Lord Glitters run, running on uh, a late second place, but for me, my Oberon is a bit of a, a funny horse. It doesn't win very often. Give me a boost on the place. You give me five to two a place. No, two I one a place. No, I wouldn't quite give you that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, he he. Even though this is a bit of a karma test to what he's running so far this season i just don't know about him like i say he's a he's a horse that i find quite a, a tricky one to win with been one of these horses that tried a mile a, a mile and a quarter okay finished fourth there pine love but it was a piss poor uh prince of wales stakes wasn't it it wasn't a, a great renewal and we've seen the limitations of love now um after i just yeah, think, i just I think had I to get that out of you there chris loader um i, I, I thought i'd put the uh put the b out early it only took five minutes for you to take it. Yeah, exactly. But Ryan Moore won the race that day. It was, it, he uh, he got the fraction spot on, wasn't any pace in the race, didn't want to get caught out, sent her to the front, and uh, yeah, just was too good for them on the day. Um, but then hasn't really kicked on since that, uh, since then, and the, the rest of them in that race won. Uh, and there was no real Group 1 horse in that race. So, yeah, uh, I do think my Oberon... I wouldn't. I really wouldn't want to be getting stuck into him here. It's not like I say, peeling race, but May Danny for me and uh, my Obron. It's going to be for Mark. Um, we then move on to the next race. We're going to be preview. It's the two fifty five at Haydock. It's the Betfair Exchange Old Borough 
cup handicap. Um, I'll go first in this one. So over Marlin six. Uh, this is actually where Mark had his uh, near miss with Dark Jedi uh, last year, but I, I wasn't sure on this race. I thought it was a bit of a a, tr- a tricky one to to work out. Not as many runners as we normally get. There's normally twenty runners in the, in this race. Um, only twelve this year. I just thought Iron Brave was going to be my section. I know Mark has put it up in the past, but he's been running well the last few starts. Better than the bare form suggests. Mark 98, I didn't think that was too bad for him. It's going to be a bit of pace on as well up in front. I can see the likes of uh, Hockfell going forward. The trader might go forward too. One or two others like to be ridden handy. Island Brave is normally put to sleep at the back of the field, but I thought the long straight a Haydock could play to his strengths. I think the ground should be fine, and I think 98 is a workable mark. And have a mains team have come to a bit of form, so he would be my selection each way in the race. Are you going with me, Mark, with Iron Brave, a selection I know you've put up earlier this year? Yeah, you can tell tell by my, my reaction there. Um, I actually put this one up in the Northumberland Plate, Racing Post Live. Got about 25, 28s on, on, on the bet for at the time. It was only beat two lengths, uh, finished fourth, ran a good race. Um, there's two alike in this race because it is a bit of a minefield. Put two up at prices. One is Island Brave. Um, I gave you, I think, a lot of ground dependent here. Um, Island Brave's more versatile than others. You can just sit this one out the back. Um, a strong pace will play right into this one's hands. Um, Heather Main Stable as well, operating at 22% strike rate, two, two from nine. So obviously that, that's a major positive. And the other one, I, I'm trucking at a price as well, as um, Rajinsky, uh, Daskam and Kingscope at Haydock. Um, I can see Lucky Loader's nodding there. Um, quicker surface, no concern, stays further. Um, and on a winnable mark. I just think these two are the two that I would probably take against the field. Um, has one over the distance. I think that was a decent run last time out as well from Majinski. But it's not a race that I go mad at. But I think Island Brave, again, off 98, SDS booked, ticks all the right boxes for me. Yeah, I agree with you. It's hard to get away from, I think. He, I think he's just been coming into the fore the last couple of runs. Don't think this is a particularly deep race. There's not really an unexposed sort, I would say, in here. You know, that's lurking on a good mark. Not a group horse in the handicap, I think. Um, I did fancy Global Storm for the Ebor. He will have one or two excuses in that race, but he's got to carry a big weight here. And uh, yeah, I think he'll be on the premises, Global Storm, but I, I do like the chances of Island Brave. So me and Mark are in agreement. We both like Island Brave here. And Mark as well has a positive mention for Rajinsk. We then move on to the feature race of the weekend. It's the 3.30 at Haydock. It is the Betfair Sprint Cup Stakes, a group one over six furlongs. And Starman is your even money favourite. I personally think he's far too short in the market. I can see why he's up there. But uh, I thought he should be round about the two to one mark. I think he's the most likely winner of the race. But for me, at even money, there's a few worthy challenges here in here. Or at, or at bigger prices. I just couldn't see why he was so short. Do you agree with me, Mark? Do you want to lay in Starman? When, when I looked at the price, I was surprised when I seen that even money. Um, I was expecting to see around 5-2. to two. Um, I do think Starman will drift on the, on the day. Um, I think he could potentially go off around 6-4, to 7-4. Four, four. Um, I think he is to even money. I wouldn't be touching that at the moment. Um, the one I like is I like Creative Force at... Charlie Appleby's uh, runner uh, had a nice break since the defeat to Kinross at Goodwood on the 27th of July. Uh, only went down a neck on that occasion and had excuses when behind Starman at Newmarket, shorter room on the rail um, and, and lost the race at a vital stage there. Stables flying at the moment. Uh, it was a 42% strike rate. Um, they've had a few winners this evening. 
at uh, Haydock, so that'll probably get upgraded even more. Um, I just think it ticks a lot of boxes. Um, Favourites had quite a lot of runs, uh, tough runs. Um, I think even's too short. And I do see, surely not, um, I did see Nando Parado was in this race. And I'm thinking, Frankie Dettori booked 66 to 1 on the sports book. Surely this can't happen again. Well, when this, you... can ha- th- this can happen again. Well, it's interesting that he's going back to this trip. He's not raced there since last year as a juvenile when he raced in the, um, the pre-morning. And he ran well that day, finished second behind Campanelli. After then, he's been campaigned seven furlongs a mile. I have to agree with you there. He, he is a bit of a tempting outsider. He's 66-1 to one on the sportsbook right now. Obviously, Adam Kirby's went for a supremacy. Um, obviously, he would have the choice. But Frankie de Tori is obviously a positive jockey booking. Does have does have a lot to find on the ratings, but again, I mean, look what happened when when we never backed that thing at one hundred and fifty to one when it when it done the business. They did they did like this horse as a two year old. Um, I mean, if this if 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 I'm doing RP, let's be realistic here. If I'm doing RPL on Saturday, Creative Forces are in six to one, and Nando Parado's a hundred poker eighties on Betfair. I'm probably going to split my stakes, have a five or a ten on Nando Parado, or maybe. In the four-place market, if Nando Parado, the five-place market, if I'm getting double figures, it could be worth having something on at the prices. Yeah, definitely. He, he was highly thought of. Definitely. He'll, he'll, he'll be handy. There's no doubt about it. And he, he is unexposed over this trip. You, you can't say that he that uh, he is. And and you you know he'll, he can stay a little bit further as well. So if uh, if, if he does go handy, you're going to have Glenn Shill in there as well. He likes to be handy. Um, if the ground is, is quick... Uh, which we think it should. He's definitely not out of the frame here, I don't think. I, I, I could see him definitely outrunning his, his price. It's a big price, isn't he? He's 80 to 1 in places. Yeah, the, the one I thought could run quite well at a, a big price, because there is, like you say, could be a bit of pace on in here, is uh, old Samagand. Um, he, well, last time. Yeah, he, he he's a funny horse. I've ne- I've never been on the right side of Samagand. <laughs> I backed him when he just lost to Hay Jonesy that day at Royal Ascot. And ever since then, I've I've never really uh, backed him since. Um, Four lengths behind Starman on the twelfth of May at York. Good to soft ground. Uh, probably appreciate the quicker surface. And um, there's a massive discrepancy in the prices as well. Yeah, well, he he'd thrown in a few stinkers um, the last few runs, um, but he bounced back to form and he was an impressive winner. I'm not sure it was the strongest. Uh, um, listed race you're ever going to see there at Newmarket, but he still. You have to say, did the job very impressively. You know, there's no secrets about Summergan in the way he races. He needs a strong pace, but he has taken the scalper of Oxted during his career earlier yeah. this season, who then went on to retain his title in the July Cup. So he, he can beat some of these on his day. He's a previous course and distance winner. There's going to be, like we say, probably a lot of pace up front here. And if he does get get the gaps, I think, what's he now? 33 to 1? There'll be a Fancy few... a boil over here. So, so instead of laying, so instead of laying Starman at even money, do you think maybe dutching a few outsiders is a bet here? Yeah, de- definitely. I th- like I say, I think you could um, have a few. You could make case for a few uh, mm-hmm. big ones in here. Garrus as well. He was a winner in France last week. Emiratiana as well ran well in the Nunthorpe behind Winter Power. You know, it's maybe got a little bit more to to offer. Happy Romance as well. I mean, there's quite a few in here at bigger prices 
Yeah. That even money, the field looks looks value, doesn't it? Right now, you'd be laying that if if you get that. If it goes odds on, then you'd, you'd have to be a layer, I think. You know, I could probably make a case there for about four or five. That if I'm getting four or five places on the day, I, I could easily yeah. see see myself maybe getting a couple of them in in the first four or five, depending on how many places uh, places are getting paid out. But for me, Starman deserves to be favourite. Probably the most likeliest winner of the race. But at his price at even money, probably probably not. Too short. You know, they, he, it's crazy. I, I agree with you. I, I do think he'll be weak in the morning. This race has gone to some big prices in the past. It's gone to some well-backed horses in the past. But like I say, I just think that there's a few in here, especially down at bigger prices, that you think, like, if, they're, they're, if Starman is going to be vulnerable that there's a few there that you think well maybe on their day they, they're, they're more than capable of taking a scalp so yeah for me we agree starman is going to be our lay of the weekend and uh i like summer gander and you like nando parado as your selection to take him on and also as well creative force so plenty plenty there to take him on with but uh it's just narrowing it down i guess who our most favored ones are but yeah we're both not keen on Starman. We're going to then go to a couple of races at Kempton where they've got a good card there on Saturday. Uh, they've got the September stakes there and that's the next, uh, it's not the next race we're going to go to, we're going to the other group three on their card first. It's the 205. It's the Unibet free Uniboost a day Serena stakes. It's a group three contest over six furlongs. Uh, all I'm raced, or a lot of uh, lightly raced uh, juveniles in here. I'll go first. I quite like the chances of Scott Scray here. I think a couple of them at the top of the market. Nymphadora has has run at a good standard, but I, I would be worried about that she could be vulnerable to some improvers. And sometimes these horses, when they come on the all-weather, they don't like it. Scott's Grace is already a winner over the course and distance for a new, newest trainer, Kevin Philippard de Foy, who's I've uh, been having quite a few winners since he's uh, joined the training ranks earlier this year. He's going great guns, done well with his juveniles as well. This uh, horse did have an entry uh, a few weeks ago, uh, but she was withdrawn on, on the ground. But uh, I think uh, she's definitely worth a shot in a race of this nature. Like I say, lightly raced. He's got a few nice fillies as well, juveniles. And you have to say, and set up and take note when he's sending one here, that this is arguably maybe one of his better, better ones. and. Uh, Five to one, I've seen in places. Uh, I don't think that's a bad bet. How about you, Mark? Yeah, Scott's Grace was was impressive on debut. Was very weak in the betting. Um, I'm not sure how how strong that form is. I know the favourite was was pretty disappointing. Philosophy that day, Simon Christopher James Doyle. Um, but again, couldn't have been more impressive. Um, Daniel Musket on board retains the right. Um, I I think that I'm quite keen on Wings of War. Um, I looked at this race and I thought this one for me looks looks a nice sort uh, for Clive Cox. Hector Christ takes the ride. Obviously, Adam Kirby um, is a Haydock um, riding riding there. Um, I was impressed with that run at York in the Goffs uh, UK Premier Yearling Stakes. Um, unfortunately, not to hold on um, in the run because when I was watching it, I, I thought I thought that one was probably going to hold on because I know it can be quite deceiving. Um, the final four on the finish line at, at York. Actually, only even money in running. I was expecting it to be maybe at fives on, sixes on. But anyway, I think um, I think four to one's value here. I mean, if you're putting up Scott's Grace, right? It's got course and distance form, and we've got Wings of War who ran a solid race last time out. 
um, at York. I mean, if you're dutching the ball for them five to one, four to one, what you're getting eleven to four the field here. I think that looks okay because the rest of them look look exposed to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Maybe hierarchy could be one for Ashley Murphy and Hugo Palmer. Got a lot to find for me, especially on rings. It's got eight pound to find with Wings of War. Your one looks, your one's getting a little bit of weight as well. It's got the course and distance form. I think yours probably looks about maybe an 85, 90 plus. Yeah, exactly. And and also as well with, um, like I say in the training, you know, he's got some nice fillies on his hands and it's interesting yeah. that he's decided to, to plump here and she's got the previous form over the course and distance, which I think could amount to amount a lot. See, here's the way I look at it, Chris, right? I, I think Wings of War is around a, should be around 64-7-4, right? But if I touch that with, with the bottom one, I can get 11-4 and chuck an extra runner and, and nick two points on the book as well. That's the way I look at the race. Yeah, exactly. I, I just think that Wings of War... And Scott's Grace, they, they they would be actually the two I would play. I think the rest, you're right. They they've had their chances, or I'm not sure that they're as good as what they, what they've actually shown. You know, I don't think this is a strong group three. But I uh, think they've only got to be the top one. Nymphadora. Uh, they've only got to be hierarchy. That, that's the only one they've got to be. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Nymphadora. Yeah, like I said, I think she's been to the whale a few times now. And... Looks exposed. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's not not the way I I would play there. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, hopefully we can find the winner in that race between us. We um move to the two forty at Kempton. It's the Unibet September Stakes, a Group Three contest over a mile and four. This is where we used to see Enable every year go for a prep before going to the Arc. A little bit uh a little bit more open you would say this year, but still got an odds on favourite just. Hookham uh, for Jim Crowley and Owen Burrows. Normally not odds-on favourite. I'm not normally one that goes for odds-on favourites, but I have to say I do think this could be a potential good thing here. Um, if I did maybe have to to go with one to, to take him on, maybe outbox, maybe. Can stay a bit further. Could get a, a, a front um, front running ride from Luke Morris, who I don't think is a bad jockey at all when he's actually dictating from the front. You know he's going to give it everything. I would say maybe if I was looking with in the without Hookham markets, Outbox would be the way I'd play. But for me, Hookham, he's clear on ratings. He does have to give away that £3 penalty. But uh, I still think he could potentially have a Group 1 in him at some stage. Would you agree, Mark? You know, I can see I can see your thought process with the favourite. I think does look like a like an improver uh, taking the this step up to to group company outbox proven proven horse um i mean when, when obviously when i was looking at outbox about a year ago this is probably about a hundred rated horse it was sort of the yardstick within the archie watson yard but it's improved kept improving um my only concern about about hookum um i'm not i'm not saying lay hookum that's not what i'm saying here but would be the, the stable form stable form hasn't been great on burrows um, but could just have enough class class to get through here. I thought Prince of Aaron was interesting, uh, stepping back down a trip. I mean, ran against Stradivarius last time out, well beaten um, at Ascot, but I mean, had, a, had a decent layoff. It was only beating 11 lengths that day. Certainly, there's no Stradivarius uh, type type horse in this race or an Ocean Wind, another one that we like in Nayef Road. I think Prince of Aaron could be interesting here at the prices. Um, could be. Maybe getting prepped for a, for a race further down the line. Um, to, be, to me, mate, I'm, I'm looking at what price is who comes just now in the sports book? Around about five to six chance odds on. Okay. Okay. 
he's he's think, maybe one that you wouldn't want to go steaming in if you're putting in, in the multiples. But I, I do think he'll be hard to beat if that makes sense. Maybe what price, what price is the bottom one, Prince of Iron? You can get around about twelve to one on him at the moment. Twelve to one. I mean, I think class course and distance for him. I mean, there's five runners. If if you can if you can get say three to one seven to two Prince of Iron to finish in the three, that's probably the way that I would look at this race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. I think maybe you could have a few forecast options of this race. Because if Hamish flops, you've got one to beat for the place. Ha- Hamish is a funny horse. He's not ran for a long time. Yeah. It was always a promising type, but um, to me, he has it all to do. Um, price is Hamish on the sports book? You can get, get around about three to one on him. So you, wait, wait a second. Do you, Hamish, Hamish is three to one on the sports book to win this race? Yeah. Really? Who priced that up? No idea. Okay, the P forty five coming in the morning. I'd imagine. I, I can't. I can't see it. If I'm being honest, well, listen, I might have egg in my face, but unless this thing's improved dramatically, I think this is a big step up, a big ask. Four hundred forty two days off, um, because who come again could be the real business. My only concern is the stable form, and um, you got classy sorts like Prince of Aaron and Outbox in here as well. Consistent. So, if you can lay Hamish around even money in a place market for two places, that that's surely the bet, is it not? Well. Yeah, well, well, heck, I, I can't, I can't get that. I, I don't, I don't get the three to one. I was, I was expecting Hamish to be around maybe ten to one, twelve to one. I, th- I think people are, are holding on to the fact that he, he, um, he uh, had some good form when he was a three-year-old with Hook, uh, with Trushan, um, who's now a Group One winning horse. Yeah, and then he ran respectably uh, last time he was seen at a race course, which was last year when he finished fourth on his only start that year in in the Hardwick, you know, which turned out to be. Not a bad race, like Fanny Logan. She was a good mare for, for yep. John Gosden. You know, as well, Roger Varians. I mean, do you think Hamish is going to be completely fully wound up for for a run at Kempton on the All Weather? That, that, that's 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 the question mark, and he's actually not run on the All Weather before as well, which is a concern. Whereas Hookham is already a winner at this course. You know, he's going to like it. Prince of Aaron is a course and distance winner. Outbox has form on the All Weather. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I, I think maybe the the angler, if you if you want to lay, could be lay Hamish in the two place market. Yeah, but that's that's the way. They're probably going to be around the same price. Do you back Hookham for the win, or do you lay out Hamish for the two? Yeah, you you back. You, I'd say you uh, lay Hamish for the two. Okay. But it we're, we're scheming live live right yeah. now. You, it's one of those. I think you can take a lot of. Lot of different angles at, but for me, I just think Hookham will win this race. But if you want to take him on, you know, I think there's one or two credible ones that that you could do it with with Outbox and and Prince of Aaron. But so uh, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we get a, get a good race there, and hopefully we can uh, find you the winner. And hopefully Hamish doesn't finish in the first two places. So profitable race is all we're looking for. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're looking for. And hopefully we can go out with a bang. We're going to Ascot for the last race we're going to be previewing. It's the 310. It's the Marlin uh, 4 furlong race. It's the Lavazza Stakes Heritage Handicap. Now, I remember when we did this race last year, I actually found the winner with uh, Shandos for Roger Varian. And I'm hoping that I found the winner here. I'm really keen on the chances of Champagne Piaf. Piaf. It's going to be my nap of the, of the weekend for Shane Kelly and Gary Moore. I was really sweet on this one actually when he ran at uh, a Goodwood on his return. I, I had a couple of quid on him um, at a big price. He was forty to one that day, but he was very, very eye catching. Didn't necessarily get the best of rides either by uh, by Tom Queeley. He had some really 
progressive form as a, as a um, as a juvenile. We beat Fundamental, who's been no mug this season for uh, John and Fady Gosden. But uh, yeah, last time he was seen, he was he was a well backed favorite favorite in in the racing league. Obviously, don't know what to make of those uh, racing league races. You know, I think the form can be a bit questionable with some of them. Uh, but that's a debate for another day. But um, Champagne Pierre, he absolutely bolted up, um, you know, and, and he was still a bit green. He potentially could go jumping later on down the line uh, as, a, as a juvenile hurdler, you know, being obviously trained by uh, Gary Moore, who's a dual purpose trainer. But this horse is 88. I still think he could have a few pounds up his hand. There wasn't anything jumping off the page of me this year for this race that I thought was well treated off its current mark, but uh, I, I, did, I did think that Champagne PF could be, if you're going to have an angle in, could be the, potentially that horse. So yeah, uh, Champagne PF, I, I, do, I do think he'll go very close in this race and uh, think you can get about seven to one still. I, I don't think that's a bad price at all and uh, he'd be the way I play. How about you, Mark? I think uh, there's a clear pattern here when you look at uh, this one's form. Um, it's just relatable to, to the stable in general. Um, 66 to 1 on debut, not knocked about, finished fourth, 7 to 2 next time out. The money's down, it wins. Hector Krauss next time, quiet rides, 8 to 12. Tom Quilly, Goodwood, 6 for 11, 40 to 1, found trouble, found trouble. And then gets smashed in the 2 on favourite, wins easy. I think I think you've just got to look at the market here. I think if this one drifts, um, especially on the exchange, I think you, you alarm bells would ring, but if the money comes for it, I think that would be a massive tick, especially from this stable. Uh, Booking of Shane Kelly as well is a massive positive. He's, he's a very, very good rider. Um, I found it difficult for win purposes in this race, so I'm uh, I'm going for the old place lay again here. I think we're doing quite a, little, a lot of laying this evening, Mulder, but um, I want to place lay uh, Chalk Stream, um, Queen's Horse. Hope she's not listening. Um, sorry. But, um, yeah, just think uh, up £12 for uh, in the handicap for winning two, two egg and spoon races for me. Um, hasn't faced this calibre opponent yet. I, I think he, he could struggle to be competitive off the smart 94. Um, I think Roger Vian's um, Alpha deal um, would have went in a lot of people's notebooks with that run at York last time out, slowly away, finished like an absolute train, um, still on the same mark of 98. And again, Champion Piaf, I've got notes here that uh, only up £5 for that absolute route at Windsor on the 19th of August. Could be dangerous again at Ascot. Um, of 88, could potentially be a, maybe a 95 plus 100 horse, um, still unexposed. But I'll be taking on Chalkstream in the three place market. Um, I think I'll find this too hot because this does look quite, quite a trappy race. Um, that'll be my selection around off this week's podcast. Yeah, I think um, I can see you see your angle in there with uh, Chalkstream. Has been very progressive this season, but you do think maybe has just gone up to a mark now where it might bump into one or two sorts that could be better handicaps and maybe could uh, possibly finish out of the frame but yeah that's uh, that's it for this uh, week's uh, podcast hopefully uh, we can find you some winners hopefully you'll tune into the racing post live on saturday to watch uh, mark who's now part of the furniture there or he's at least getting there anyway um but yeah hopefully uh, we found some winners for you this week also as well i really appreciate it if you can rate review and uh, and follow us on social media. We're available at In The Saddle Pod on Twitter if you want to follow us. So that's the place to do so. But yeah, please gamble responsibly. Hopefully we can give you some winners this weekend and we'll uh, be seeing you again soon.